Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And look, lovely to have everybody in and listening and people that pick it up in archives later and people that listen live. And please know that the chat room is just been opened up. So anybody that wants to come into the chat room and make any comments or have any questions, well, and I've been sharing my happy news, and I'm really, really proud. I'm really honoured and uh, humbled to share with the audience that I am now officially a gay engaged. My uh, lovely partner Dale proposed to me the other night out of the blue, and I uh, wasn't really expecting it. I knew it was going to be coming, but I didn't sort of expect it now, and. You know, and of course, I made him sit on it. I made him wait for an answer. You know, I'm a cow. No, I'm only kidding. So I said yes, and we're really, really happy. We're on a new property, and he's a great guy. We've got a great relationship, and it's easy, and it works, and we communicate, and we honor each other, and oh, my goodness. And, you know, that's really, really appropriate to talk about because this is one of the narcissistic central shows And as you know, I've come, or for people that don't know me, you'll get to know this, that I came from a very narcissistic, abusive relationship, which nearly claimed my life. Since then, I've been helping people recover from narcissistic abuse, create their true self, and create the life that they really do want. So, with what I do, what my mission is, it's not just about recovering, it's about thriving. That's definitely been my journey and that's my journey that I'm doing that I'm really, really wanting to inspire other people to move through this journey with me to get to where I've been and I'm there, I'm there. You know, my journey never ends and I'm never going to stop learning and I'm never going to stop healing and growing. That's the beautiful part about the journey and when we do that and when we really commit to responsibility within ourselves to heal and create ourselves we create the life that we want and I want my story to be heard and felt by people that are also inspired that I know years ago when I was devastated and broken if I've heard about somebody's happy engagement I would have been oh my god why can't it be me you know, that would have ripped me to shreds. But since doing the journey and healing and knowing that others really can inspire us to be where they're at and we can have what we wish for others, we can wish for ourselves. So that's that part of it. Now, also, too, this is going to 
of the last show before the Christmas and the New Year break. So I want to take this opportunity to wish everybody a really happy, safe Christmas and New Year. And I know for the narcissistic abuse community, this can be a very, very hard time of year, can be very, very painful with what you're going through. So I really wish you all the blessings and the love and support to be able to get through this time and to be able to look forward to future Christmases, whether you're alone or whether you're in a relationship where you feel fantastic. Because that's what's coming if you really work it yourself. I promise you that. So we're going to move forward into the show. And in this show, I have a lovely guest who I met two years ago. Actually, before that, I actually met her in the narcissistic relationship. And we've done a journey together. She's done a journey on herself. And I think today you're going to be really quite inspired because in this interview, I'm going to be talking to Lisa Marie. And she is a regular on the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery page, which is the NARC page on Facebook. And she's doing some great work there. And we're going to talk to Lisa Marie about how she is traveling two years onwards from the end of her narcissistic relationship. So this is, you're going to learn, you're going to discover how she turned this around, what she did, what changed this for her, and why she's where she is at now. So I'm going to put her on. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's lovely to have you on. Hi Mel, thank you very much for having me on. I'm really, really excited about this and happy to be here. So I hope I can help in some way by, you know, sharing this experience. So thank you. You are more than welcome. So Lisa, let's start off by going through you explaining some details about your relationship your with your ex, with the narcissist. What what was that relationship like? What happened? Well, I think like most people that have been in a you know, a narcissistic relationship can certainly relate and it's one of those situations where only when you've been in it you really understand it and well for my my story was um I was in a narcissistic relationship with a man for three years about. Um and like most women in these sort of situations it was a you know, severely emotional and physically abusive relationship there was a lot of you know gaslighting lying games cheating it was just it felt now like this absolute roller coaster ride a sickening ride that you know would never end and I constantly just felt sick and I felt like I constantly needed to prove myself to this man you know and 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 constantly try to fix him which you know, of course, is not the case. That that wasn't my responsibility to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, with uh, at the lowest of lows, and I think it's really important to share this so people can understand that we know what it's like. At the lowest of lows, because I know what it was like for me, you know, at the lowest of lows, yeah. how low did it feel? You know, like... Oh, yeah, look, I, I became very, very unwell. I became very sick physically, emotionally. I just felt absolutely ripped apart. Um, and I, was, I, I actually felt empty and completely out of balance. I actually ended up bedridden and I, had no, I ended up with no job. I, I just couldn't function. 
I felt yeah. I couldn't function, severely depressed. And I just didn't, like, I did not care about myself, not one bit. And it was scary because you just, you feel like, you know, you're in this tornado and you just don't know how to get out of it. Um, and I remember actually one day just looking in the mirror at myself and not recognising one bit this this girl looking back at me. That's something that really sticks out at me when I, I look back and that's how it felt at the time. And because others don't really, unless they've been involved in these sorts of situations, they don't understand how it feels, you feel even more lost at the time. Um, so, yeah, like, like most women caught up in these sort of relationships or these toxic relationships, it can feel leave you feeling really, really lost and in a very much a physical and emotional pain. Yeah. That's so true. And when you're there, there's mm. so many people around you that just look at it and they're going, well, you know, well, he's this, he's that, you know this and that. Why can't you just move on? Why yeah, don't you just get over it? Thing. <laughs> that's right. If only it were that simple, you know, but it, it's, mm. it's such a hook. They get their hooks so deep into you that, you know, you're the only one that truly understands what is going on and That's you're right. the only one that can truly break free from it because others, they don't understand they're not in your shoes. That's um, right. And I think That's in the right. end, it's the blessing of it all, you know. Oh, look, because it is the most. It totally. Because it is the most empowering experience because... That's where you have to go. That's what you have to do. It's like you've got to step up into that because otherwise, it, you know, otherwise that old codependent script and illusion that other people are responsible for happiness and well-being and that we have the right or the ability or the, even the opportunity to get them to change into the model of what we want them to be. The yeah. biggest hooks that keep us in the prescribing, the lecturing, the trying. You know, it is like lecturing and prescribing to a five-year-old to behave. That's right. And, you know, you when you hit that rock bottom, when you actually hit it and you realise that nothing you will ever, ever do is going to fix that person, but it's not your responsibility to fix that person. Your responsibility is to yourself. So when you hit that rock bottom, you either say to yourself, you make a choice. I'm going to stay here or I'm going to get better and I'm going to move away from this toxic relationship and I, I, I need to make that decision and I can't try and get others to make that decision for me. I can't try and make other people responsible to make that decision for me. Only you alone can own that, that decision and that responsibility to get yourself out of it. You can use your help and support around you but at mm. the end of the day, you need to do the job yourself. And that's so important. And it's so empowering in the end. It really is. Yeah, in the end, absolutely. You are so, so right. The scary thing is, is when you're back in it and the thought of letting go. And even when you do let go and you do no contact and you're on your own, then what happens is because you're out of the fight, 
you actually go into aftershock because in the fight, at least you're surviving and you are pres prescribing or lecturing or you're fighting or you're, you know, you're, you're in some form of action yeah. trying to survive. When all of that goes, and it is very, very true, that's when it hits. That's when you're at home, you're alone with the shattered, battered, codependent parts of yourself that have been in the illusions that hard that you've been damaged severely. And that's when, that's when it is vital. You know, it's like, for example, you know, Chris on um, the NARP book page, you know, she's going to groups. She's doing the narcissistic abuse recovery program. She's seen kinesiologists. She's, yeah. you know, when people get it, that when you, because that's the point where most women cave in and go back. And it's interesting how when we look at the group, there's a lot of people in there that are doing no contact that are actually really white knuckling it. Like AA would say, you are white knuckling. You know, it's horrific. Mm. They're, they're detoxing an mm. addiction that's ripping them to shreds. They're left with the codependent pieces. The illusions aren't healed yet. And it literally feels like you're dying and you're going to go mad. It's horrific. So uh, it, and, and it so does. I think I remember yeah. when you actually said to me, um, you know, Lisa, you, you've got to break no contact because you were there when I was still in contact with him. And you said, you know, when you break this no contact, understand that you're going to go through this next phase. And yeah. boy, did I not know that next phase till it hit me. But that you're, you're so right. That's the time when you have to get right into the healing because you've been addicted to this sort of, this roller coaster ride, this drug of, you know, although it is very toxic, it's this big adrenaline rush that you get. Yep. And then when they yep. go or you leave them, that stops and that leaves you with absolute huge withdrawal symptoms that are very, mm. you know, can be very hard to deal with if you don't do something very quickly about it. Um, and you can get caught back up into getting into contact with them or them hooking you back in. And I think it's really the best time that when, when you do finally break that contact, and even if you slip up, it's so important not to beat yourself up because, I mean, I slipped up so many times and recontacted all he did. So did but I. then when, you know, I stopped beating myself up for that because it just made it, it made it even worse. So yes. when I just cut it dead and moved on, I remember, you know, you saying get to your healing, get going with it, get moving, and and it was the best thing to do. Yep, yep. It is. It's worse than heroin, with, heroin withdrawal. That's the truth. Oh, yeah. Now, a heroin yeah. withdrawing needs to be in rehab. Otherwise, they're going to fall back on the needle. Mm. That's the bottom That's line. Right. Yeah. That is the bottom yeah. line. So, yeah, so when you're going through withdrawal, you have got to be bogging into, maybe that's not a US expression, I always do Aussie expression. <laughs> Email me and go, what does that mean? <laughs> so you've got to be, you've got to be really, really committing to doing the work on yourself to heal you, heal the reasons you were in there, heal the reasons you got hooked up, heal the reasons, you know, your past, your all the things that have set you up for this. You, you, and then when you do that, you will get through non, no contact and go forward into a completely non-free experience, life experience, which is what this is yeah, all about. And that no contact, that no contact is, it's just so vital. It's, 
you oh, know, um, and it's huge. so important. And then it is hard, but it's so important for you to get yourself mm-hmm. back and to come home to yourself. And that, mm-hmm. that's what becomes the, the blessing in all of this. It really does, yeah. Do you know what? In all of the thousands, probably up to 10,000 people I've been in contact with, worked with, that are on the program, I do not know, and I'm being honest, dead set down the line, I do not know of one person retaining contact who has recovered. Not one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so right. Unless, of course, it's modified. Yeah. Yeah. Modified contact no, no is really strong boundary. Yeah, but that, that absolutely, absolutely, either modified or no contact, and only modified contact if you have children and it's necess- it's necessary. Mm. And even then, a lot of people with children set up third parties, or they have logbooks, yeah, which is important. you know, and there's actually no verbal or airways communication in any shape or form, and. People don't recover unless you do that. That's the bottom, bottom, bottom line. And you know that if you've been living it, the in and out, you know, you're getting better. You're getting your life together. You've had five good days without him in your face. And then all of a sudden you'll have yeah. a sleep or a dip or something will trigger you off or he'll get in contact. And then as soon as you even think about hooking it up, your whole body is an anxiety telling you your body is precognitive. Your body is divine wisdom. Your body knows if you go back into that, this is what's going to happen. That's why the horror and the anxiety starts even before you do it, once you've decided you're going to. Yeah, that's right. And that that pain is very real. You feel it before you're even in contact with them. You know, um, you do. You just feel it, that there's that connection there. And... Yeah. You know, the, it does get better the more and more you have that, that no contact. The, the days become weeks, weeks become months and so forth. Yeah. And it just becomes, you get better if you use that time, you know, wisely in healing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how long did it take you? I know it took me ages. It took me a lot of goes because I wasn't committing to myself. That's why it wasn't working for me it wasn't holding but how long did it take you to get out of the relationship and stay out once you uh, look once it, you started getting out you know i started getting out and it took um it took about a year for me to actually really you know stop the contact completely so about a year but that year, every time contact was was broken, and I mean, look, you know, they they make it very hard for you. Um, oh, there's yeah. no doubt about that, and you even make it sometimes you make it hard for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it took about a year all up. But I mean, what what was really interesting now is from the get go of the relationship. In my case, I mean, I knew from the start something was very very wrong, and I think. A lot of, we feel that, our intuition feels that, that sometimes we, we ignore it. I know I did and I, I put myself in denial. But after after one final blow with, with the NARP, I knew that it was either I was going to stay and be constantly abused by this man and allow it, or I was going to get out and I was going to heal. It was one or the other. And, um, yeah, it took that, that year for me to do that. And I did, I, I, I slipped many times, but... 
I, like I said, I think before, I, I tried to stop beating myself up for that and, and just tried to take another step forward and do no contact again. I didn't resign to the, the fact or, or believe that, you know, I was going to keep staying in contact with me, with him. I had it in my head. I was going to get out of this and in my heart, you know, I've got to get out of this and, and get myself better. So I also had to take drastic measures to get out like, yeah. like a lot of women do in their so situations, you know. I had to go to, you know, the police and, and solicitors and so yeah. forth and, and, you know, I had to do it to get myself out of this yeah. situation and to get myself better, yeah. Yes, and you know what, that with most clients that I work with, that recommendation is absolutely there. That and and that's also true. That's about us learning about what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate. What is abuse? What is you know somebody ringing you six times in a row at three o'clock in the morning with leaving messages. Mm. You know I love you. I miss you. You're a bitch. You've destroyed my life. You know you're a slut. You're a yeah. You know now once upon a time. Now, I know coming from my background, lack of awareness, codependency, terrible boundary function, you know, what I would have done once upon a time was cut some slack and said, oh, well, he's hurting and he really does love me and he's doing it not in a very healthy way, but he does love me and he's hurting and, oh, my God, I miss him too, you know. But when we really grow up and we understand that we do have rights and it's our responsibility to look after ourselves and to back ourselves and to create boundaries, we say, you know what, that is not what healthy people do. That is abusive and no, not allowing it. And we start standing mm -hmm. up to those things in our life and then we put intervention orders on and things like that. And, you know, most narcissists, 99 times out of 100, actually respond very much like a coward to intervention orders. They back right off. It's a very, very okay. rare narcissist. Okay. Absolutely. And everybody has the impression I did. I thought I was going to be murdered. And I mean that literally. Mm. And there was all the signs yeah. there where everybody around me thought I was going to be murdered. You know? But when yeah. I stood up and went enough, that was it. That was it. When it was clear with me, it, it just happened. And it's exactly, yeah, it's the same, same thing. So it's awesome that you did that. That you, But we have to because... You know, with a narcissist, it's all about narcissistic supply. And if you offer a gap, they're going to keep going. If they're going to get supply, literally or even energetically, with you feeling mm. the pain and the angst and the yearning and the what ifs and why couldn't he and going over the betrayal and the pain, and which is normal. Please don't think for one moment, I don't know that's normal. But it's not where you have to be. To get out of this, you have to shift to a, a more empowered reality. But if you're in that, you're handing him supply vibrationally. And I mean that literally. He doesn't even have to be in contact with you to be getting a feed. And you will feel it. Your whole body starts being sucked empty even if you're not speaking to him. So narcissists are very psychic, energetic beings. They literally are. They feel the feed. They know when you're obsessing and they're getting off on it. So you've got to Definitely. cut it. Yeah, they do. And I know that mm. even people out there that may not have any belief in psychic or energetic reality, you honestly listen to yourself as I'm saying this. You know I'm talking truth. You felt it. 
you have felt that connection. You know what's going on. So, and that's what the whole gift in all of this is, is the recovery, is the disconnecting and totally, you know, moving into your power, which has got nothing to do with narcissistic false power. It really, really hasn't. So, it took a year for you, yeah, and heaps of goes, yeah? Oh, it, it did. And, and I think, like most people, it, take, it takes heaps of goes, but the thing is, is that, you know, when you get to the realisation that you know that you have to get out of this, you know, and you keep pushing yourself to get out yeah. of it. If you you have that belief that you you can do it, you, you know, you just keep going for it, and you will get out. You, yeah. You've got to set yourself up in a smart way, also, uh, especially if they are someone who will be quite nasty and and you know really do things to damage you. You've got to try and take the smart approach about it. I mean, I didn't in many cases. I I wasn't very smart in a lot of the things I did, but that's cool. It's all okay now but you know that's why I think with the, the sort of you know the healings you offer and the resources you you offer Mel that people really get their hands on them and know how to get out the smart way and, and use those properly it's really important yeah and the thing is too because you know it's very easy for me to sit here and, and say to people how they should have done it how they should do it and what they should do it because that's actually in hindsight for me when I was back there Lise I did everything wrong initially <laughs> getting out yeah. and recovering and holding yeah. my space it just you know I, I didn't do it in an empowered way at all and you know but what's really cool now is moving forward in life and I've had two narcissists hit my track since you know one of them was a partner uh, an ex-partner of Dale's who really had a crack and the second one was through a business association now, both times, yeah. I've been able to be very clear, very strong, and set very powerful boundaries and go, well, you yeah. want to take it on, go for it, because I'm not going to back down, and this is my truth, and I'm walking it, and, uh, you know, good luck with that. And, yeah, you and know, that's, that's, that's not the, the old boundary. Yes. So this, yeah. is the, this is only one of the millions of gifts that you actually get out of this. Because you know yourself, and I can, um, you know, I, I can categorize this with everybody that's been in a narcissistic relationship. Every single one of us had trouble standing up, laying boundaries, and walking our truth. Yeah. We were fearful of that. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So that's only one of the gifts, is you learn boundaries, and you learn to honor and respect yourself, and you learn to really recognize what is or isn't abuse, and what your rights are. And and it doesn't mean that you're angry or resentful about people that aren't that. You just go, well, I know what I deserve and you can live your reality, but I'm living mine and that's it. So if you're not my reality, move on. You know, it's simple. And I think it, it that's gets... the, same thing, the same thing that I, I kind of, you know, like you mentioned, that, you know, the first thing when I was trying to get out of it didn't do sort of the, the, the smartest thing to try and get out of it. But after that, if I, yeah, did have an association, then I think there was about probably two marks afterwards, I knew straight away the red flags. I could recognise them. I knew what to do, and I knew how to move away from them very quickly because, you know, I've learnt from the previous experience. Brilliant, brilliant. And it, and it is brilliant. And it's fantastic because you know what? There is great people in the world 
and there's knocks. And really, it's just up to us to be empowered and navigate and make appropriate choices and be in our truth. And then we've actually got nothing to fear. Because narcs, you know, when you're actually in your empowerment, the cracks in narcs happen very, very quickly. They're actually very easy to recognize and they actually shoot themselves in the foot a lot. And... You know, there's nowhere they can hide. When when integrity of self is actually in the space of a narc, a narc can't match integrity. They start cracking. And they're just, yeah, they're, they're not real. And they can't, you know, something that's false cannot be in the energy of integrity and realness and hold a facade. It can't do it. It doesn't do it. It's um, It's great. It's great. So, so, so when, because Lisa, you've come miles, you know, like even since the last time we spoke, we did a healing a few months ago. How long ago? A month? Two? Mm-hmm. Two? Maybe two about, months ago? I think probably about two months ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you were great, but you still had a few little, just bits, you know, just the last bits or some bits, you know. You are, yeah. you're awesome. You know, this space you're in now is awesome. So just throughout the journey... If you were to say to people, how did you get better? What did you do to get better? What? Um, well, I think that straight away getting better was to do the, you know, no contact. I, I mean, I can't stress that enough how much or how important that is. And that was my first sort of, key you know I know I've got to do the no contact and I know that that's vital for my healing or else I'm just going to keep getting hooked back in so I started getting better straight away um, after the no contact because I remember you saying to me okay now get straight into your healing and and off you go Um, so I started taking responsibility for myself my own healing and you know what I what I needed to do to get better um, I knew that I knew better. I knew that he was sick and that he'd projected that sickness onto me, which made me unwell. I, I knew that, you know, it was not my responsibility to fix him, but rather to fix myself. Or else, if I didn't, yep. I was just going to keep replaying these situations out again and again in my life. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Yep, yep, spot on. Yeah, um, so there's many, yeah, I think there's many keys to taking responsibility as well. Um, yes. So I think in, in the beginning, you know, I really started to try and get my hands on every bit of information I could, even throughout the relationship I was doing that. And I was analysing what actually was happening to me and why, and I, was, I stopped analysing him. That was done. That was set in concrete about him. And I didn't need to know any more about him or why the way he was because I'd already experienced that. And, again, it was not my responsibility to try and fix him or anything like that. And it was rather that I needed to know why I had fallen into this trap and how to get out of it and not to fall into that trap again. Yes. You know what? That is huge. That is huge. And the thing is, too, if you were to ever study codependency, one of the biggest features of codependency is I'm worried about everybody else and my focus is on everybody else, but it's not on myself. 
Now, the mm-hmm. problem with that is, it's really interesting. In one of my codependency quiz, there's one question, are you thinking that this information relates more to somebody else than you? Right? And it's actually a little bit of a funny sort of joke trick, but it is one of the keys of codependency, massively. Now, what codependents do unconsciously, and I was doing it for decades, is I was worried about and putting my focus on everybody else because then it stopped me having to worry about fixing me. It stopped me taking responsibility for me. So, Lisa, you have hit the nail on the head. Yes, absolutely. Understand what a narcissist is, then put it away. Get your focus on him because... Absolutely, because the more time you are researching narcissists, sociopaths, psychopathics, liberals, this, that, the other, the other, the other, is all valuable time wasted, and I will say that, where you could be healing yourself. It's preventing you healing yourself. So... And you would have found that, Lisa. You know, when we all start, when we all start this, absolutely. Oh, my God. I did what everybody did. Sat up to 5 o'clock in the morning researching narcissism to the cows came home. I knew everything about it you could possibly know. And, you know, and then I thought, oh, my God, I know. Thank God you can put a name to this. Thank God I'm not going crazy. Okay. And I did that for months and months and months. And then I thought, why not getting better? Why am I still hooked in? Why can I still not stay away? Why, 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 why? Because I hadn't healed me. So yes. you must have felt a massive difference. Not that I'm putting words in your mouth because it's your story, but you know, when you got your focus off him and started putting it on you. It was a huge difference. And I, I, I kind of, um, I remember... One day, because I just, in my time of recovery, I bought my, I bought my own house finally. So I was very happy about that. And I remember I wanted to do some renovations at home. And I just remember I got, I, I had my, um, I borrowed my father's toolbox and I had it there. And I kind of thought, oh, I'll get to that later. And I just left the toolbox there and it kind of sat there for like a month. And I just remember now. I remember it just hit me one day. I was looking at it and I thought, nothing's going to get done if I don't use these tools. Nothing in this house is going to get done if I don't use these tools. And it just, like a, a light bulb went off in my head. It's like, well, wow. That's you're deep. not going to get better either unless you use these tools. You know, your own tools within yourself. You know, the toolbox can sit there unless you use the tools nothing's ever going to get done, nothing's ever going to be fixed, nothing's ever going to heal. And it was just one of those moments for me where I thought, you know, you've got to get moving with, with healing and getting better. And, it, yeah, it was just, it's funny, I was looking at this toolbox going, I can just relate this to my life and my healing because I'm not using the tools. I know they're there. I know everything about it, but I'm not putting them into practice. And I have to start putting wow. it into practice if I if I want to get better, you know. Well, sister, that is deep. <laughs> that is so deep. <laughs> you got to love the metaphor. I've done the renovation finally. <laughs> wow! Wow! So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to love light bulb moments, don't you? I think. Oh, it was a big one. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's but fantastic. Look, you know, a nice tool. I remember when we started. I remember when we started, and you were very similar to me, and I even told you that back then, you know, because you were pretty intellectual. I was very intellectual, you know, and we were those sort of people that had been busy. We'd always been, like, working hard or doing this or doing that. We'd never, ever taken time out for our inner selves and working on it. And intellectually, there really didn't yeah. seem much point. You know, it was like, well, yeah. intellectually, I can do this. Intellectually, I can work it out. You know, intellectually, intellectually. And the reality is that, for, look, any healing, let alone narcissistic abuse recovery, which is a phenomenal, emotional, psychic, energetic, vibrational experience, it is not logical. You cannot heal it That's just right. by getting information in your head and some ideas in your head. You can't. The pain doesn't go. The surges don't go. The hooks don't go. The obsession doesn't go. It doesn't go. And I know that you were trying to battle it out for quite some time intellectually because when we catch up ever, and I was saying to you, you've got to go deeper. Yeah. You know, it was like, Talking back and I to did. my yeah, I had to. yeah, and you didn't for a while. You didn't, mm. and I didn't for no, a while. No, no, I stayed stuck for a while. I, I, I stayed stuck for for quite a while, and um, you know, and then I just—it's it, true. I, I just thought, you know, you've you, you've got these, you've got the tools, you've got the knowledge there. Now you've got to feel it. You've got to make it happen. And you know, one of the big big parts of the recovery was when um, I spoke to you about, you know, the uh, narcissistic abuse recovery program and you, when I remember you suggested that to me and I had a look at it and I, um, I got those, those sessions and I did. I committed every week to doing my healing. Sometimes I was doing them, you know, every day, um, sometimes even twice a day. But, mm. you know, that was just bringing so much relief and I was just... I started to feel better. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't about the, the logical understanding. It was about the feeling of it, of feeling better and um, healing, you know, from and working through healing from the inside. It was really, really important. And I really, you know, value that program, the NART program. It was, you know, fantastic. And, and doing things that I hadn't done before, like, you know, every day now, I'll do my meditation every day. That's like my healthy medicine. That's something that I do every day, mm. not because I need to, you know, now, you know, get better from, from something. It's just something that I find effortless now. It's part of, of who I am, the new sort of me that I've been for the past few years, you know. And mm. working on yourself is something that you should do constantly and all the time but it becomes more effortless it just becomes part of your new integrated system and 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 who you who you are um Lifestyle, and i do all absolutely. these things that i've never ever ever done you know i like my journaling my meditation my healings it's just part of life now mm. and mm. it brings such peace and balance it's you know it's mm. really 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 empowering and really good mm. and you know it's pure law of attraction and it's such a simple formula that if we don't love and give to and nourish and nurture ourselves, we are not going to receive an intimate partner doing that either. Like right. attracts yeah. like. Yeah. 
So it's always a dead ringer, a dead ringer that if you have got with a narcissist and attracted one of them into their spheres and had a narcissist, you do not give to yourself, nourish, support and love you, which would create more of that. You don't. You don't. I used to treat myself like a machine that gave out to everybody else and never gave to me. Absolutely. I used to treat myself like a machine. I had no care for myself. I had I was a workaholic. I was a compulsive obsessive person that didn't know how to be, didn't take time out for myself at all, you know. And it's no wonder I got a narcissist that gave me a magnified example of being hard on me. You know, so there's so many reasons apart, well, feeling good is the most important thing because when you feel great, everything comes from that, everything, you know. Mm. But when you, yeah, but it's about becoming a vibrational match for what you want to receive in life. And that's the stuff we weren't told. We weren't taught that, you know. We didn't think that mattered. But it's everything. Mm. Yeah. The law of attraction, you know, it just it does, it works that way. So you're right when you speak about sort of, you know, your vibrational sort of matches what you what you set up and what you put out, what you want to put out and what you'd like to receive is you know, yeah. it, it's a great learning experience too on, on, on how to create that for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Where it's really all going on, you know, it's like the film The Matrix. You see the surface, but when you understand what's really going on and what the real reality is that creates and how to become a part of that energy and work with it, it changes everything. It just, you go straight to the source instead of thrashing around on the edges trying to make things work. It just, and it becomes easy and it becomes natural and it becomes normal. So, so yeah. I have got another question here. So how did taking responsibility and committing... Oh, no, we've really talked about that. You know, you've talked about... Because this question... Let's see if you've got anything to add to it. So this question was taking responsibility and committing to getting your focus on self. You know, how did that change your life? Maybe add to that a little bit. Um yeah, I just, it was a really good thing to learn to break away from being a codependent. Because the, I was very codependent. And I was always looking for outside sources to bring me happiness in, in, in any sort of relationship. And to set my boundaries, to trust myself first and foremost, and not depending on others to fix things, it brings the greatest relief. Um, and it really you feel so much more empowered about your life because you know that you can trust yourself. And I never trusted myself. And to be able to do that now has just... Life has been very different these past two years. Things have really, really changed. And a lot of good things have happened because, you know, I've learned to trust myself. I've learned to set healthy boundaries. I've learned to say... You know, if something doesn't feel right and it's not safe, well, that's okay. You know, I, I'm I'm in charge of my life, and um, learning to implement those boundaries has been a really, really good thing. And just so many things have just improved in life, and not you know, not just with relationships, but also just opening up new doors, just reconnecting with friendship, old friends, allowing positive people into my life being able to travel, um, my career took off, which 
you've got to think. I, when I was with the Mark, I, I was unemployed and I was really just, you know, I was a mess, of course, and mm. just getting everything back on track and getting my career and, and I'm also now finishing my postgraduate degree at uni. And I, if you had seen, I mean, you know, you know me three years ago, I was not in that headspace at all. And, mm. you know, in this short period of all, a few years' time, all of that's really turned around and changed. And I, I just, I think also one of the, the things with taking responsibility also is to understand that if you do slip a little bit or go backwards, that's okay. You know, that, mm. that happens. Mm. It's just to recognise, to pull yourself back on track and, and keep going and, and mm. go for what Absolutely. you want in life and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, looking back at the previous patterns of your life, even before the NARC to now, what have you learned? Mm -hmm. What's, you know, what's happened with those patterns? What's changed? Well, before I had, I mean, it was just always, it was like I was practically inviting drama into my life because, I had no healthy boundaries and because I didn't have those healthy boundaries, I was going to create situations that were negative, that were chaotic and that were going to upset me and hurt me and, you know, just make me feel, I have absolutely no self-esteem or confidence. So I think that those were my previous patterns in life and then when I got involved with the narc that that just brought me to rock bottom I hit rock bottom and that's when I realized that if if I don't change this if I don't take responsibility somewhere here it's just going to happen again and again and again and I was just like I, I don't want this to happen anymore so that's what's changed in the past few years it had nothing has repeated itself again from my past sort of you know, um, relationships, it's just different this time and things are, are very, very different this time. Um, and I've had to set that up and create that, though. How do you feel, as a person, being yourself and being single now compared to when you used to be alone and out of relationships? Well, that's the thing. I was always in relationships that was the thing I was always in these relationships or not I mean not not all of them were narcissistic there was probably the one that was extremely narcissistic that happened but I felt I had to be with someone so I didn't feel alone and that just played out obviously you know not in a good way but the past two years I have just enjoyed and embraced getting to know myself and being okay with myself and being having the time to be single and that's like, like that's okay, that's not lonely, that's good because it's for me at this point in time mm. I'm I'm happy with that and I'm okay with that and you know, I the past year I think I told you also I've been dating and that's been really good because I've seen that I've been dating or meeting men or having conversations with men that are not narcissistic, that are not toxic and Gorgeous. that are really, you know, it's just been a, a great experience and I really, really enjoyed it. And, 
you know, before trying, wanting to set up a, a relationship in my life, there's a few more things on my priority list that I'd like to do with my travelling and work and that's what I want to do and then I can, you know, set some new goals for the new year which would be really nice to do. So, yeah. Fantastic. So when you think of your ex now, what does it bring up for you? Um, it's funny because I don't, I don't feel anything. I look at it and I'm, I sometimes I, I think, oh wow, it's it's amazing. I say this, but I I honestly and can wholeheartedly say that I do, you know, say thank you for the the experience of what happened because today life is much better and it is great. Um, and I really honestly can say that. Um, I don't feel any connection or anything towards him. He is what he is. I have the, obviously the sort of vibrational sort of energy is not there because I've not seen him. I've had no connection with him. Therefore, I don't feel anything towards him. He was someone that was a part of my life. Um, an important part of my life because in the end it changed my life for the better. Yeah. So, you know, from coming, you know, when we're enmeshed and hooked and obsessed, getting out of that mm -hmm. to where you're at now, which is detached and free, there's mm -hmm. no pain. There really isn't pain, no. is there? There's no pain. There's no pain. Yeah. No. Yep. No pain. Because yeah. how do you think it was that shift that shifted that that changed that? Uh, work, working on myself, healing, doing doing committing to myself every day, every single day, making sure that you know that I I did did what I needed to do to disconnect from him and commit to myself and let it become an effortless task of just being me. Yeah. Yeah. And being a happy me. So yeah. you do, you have to commit to your healing. And, and it's all great. It's really, really good when you do commit to your healing because each day and each week, each month, it just it's, it moves forward. It just, you become better. Mm -hmm. You're not, mm -hmm. you don't, you're not unwell anymore. And, it's it's so liberating. It feels great. Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome, and that is that is really inspirational. So, Lise, how are you feeling about Christmas this year? Christmas being single. Yeah, I'm. Well, I was thinking when I was speaking to you before, I was saying that we're yeah. having the family up, and I'm down by the beach, and we have a big, big family. And I said, well, this is you know one Christmas for me because. I'm feeling so happy about because there were many like times at Christmas where I felt just I dreaded it and I didn't you know I think even one Christmas I just spent in bed under the covers I remember that you know and this Christmas is a very different Christmas it's a very happy Christmas and I, I just you know I'm really looking forward to it and um, to be with my family and you know I'm with the single factor, I'm okay because that's where I'm at in my life and that's what Gorgeous. I want at the moment because that's what I want and if I, if I want that to change, I, I, I certainly have the power to change that 
it's just, you know, when I'm ready and I've done the things that I want to do first, then I can look Gorgeous. forward to that next chapter in my life. Yeah. And that's exciting too. And it's so beautiful, you know, if you can fall in, it is exciting. It is exciting when you, and I know what that was like for me, you know, after developing a love relationship with me, which I'd never had, and then going, okay, well, I've got this now. Now I'm going to go out and create an intimate love relationship properly with somebody healthy. That's what I'm going to do. And it's an exciting time when you're doing that. Fantastic. Well, that's the thing I didn't want to do straight after the narcissist just falling to another relationship because I knew that I would have just attracted more of the same. So it's been yep, really smart. cool to kind of just get to know me and, and you know, do some things, the travelling and, 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 you know, with the friendship and just, just have, have some fun. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't always been easy and it definitely was a very painful moment, but I kind of... I knew that if I was slipping, what to do to get back on track by using using those important tools to get back on track, yeah. Fantastic. And you know how you're feeling about Christmas? Gosh, don't we just wish that for everybody? That Because oh, yeah. we know this time of year there are people really suffering with this. You know what? I remember you, know, you spend a Christmas in bed. I remember one Christmas after separation, after no contact, and I was still, you know, I hadn't, I wasn't healing me at that point, you know, I was just white-knuckling everything. I remember a Christmas that I spent in the couch, in the lounge room, curled up away from everybody, just crying, and I couldn't even eat, I couldn't participate, I couldn't speak to anybody, I couldn't do anything. That was my Christmas one year. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, know. I definitely, yeah. Mm. Yep, we can definitely relate there and, yeah, very hard time of year. And I think I was saying to you at some point that in my experience, the narc that I was involved with would get just even worse around Christmas time and it just made everything more worse, you know. So it's really good to finally, you know, have, have another Christmas that's going to be this time, you know, another good Christmas, so... You know, you can Yay. get there. You can. Yay. <laughs> and actually, my picture on my um, my personal Facebook page, and actually this on the Narcissist page, that's actually a picture of myself that I'd recovered. And I was happy yeah. and I was joyful and it was like, wow, you know. It was just so... <laughs> actually, no, it wasn't the first I'd recovered, but it was one of them. Actually, I think I'd done another little relationship and he turned out, yeah, not right. There were things I still needed to clean up within me and went, you know what? I've hit my straps. I'm single. I feel great. Life is fantastic. I know who I am. I know I'm aligned. Um, yeah. Yeah. So gorgeous that you're in that. Gosh, we wish that for everybody. We really, really do. Definitely. Oh. Gosh, if we could just pour yeah, out our heart now and our healing and sprinkle it all over every one of you and go, oh, please, we want you to feel, you know, where we've come to. We'd love to do that. So, so Lisa, yeah. what would be, you know, if you were to simplify it for people, what they should do? What's your recommendation to move from where you are to where you are? Give them specific 
specifics. What do you think they should do? What would you tell your best friend who was in this who said, right, I need help. I want to get out. I want to get to where you're at, Lisa. What should I do? What would you tell them? Okay, well, the, the first thing is to, you know, really, like I, I said before, like with the no contact, that is so important um, or else it just makes it so much harder to heal if you remain in contact. And then to, you know, access the real programs of healing um, and get your hands on as much information but focus on the healing aspects of this and I mean you provide heaps of them Mel which um, really turned my life around um, especially the NARP program that was absolutely fantastic and commit to yourself and promise yourself that you know every day you will do something that is of benefit to you in your healing um, and just keep moving forward and realize that it's okay to slip and when you slip that's okay a step back always can equal a few more steps forward. Um, find a support group absolutely. like the one on on the Facebook page that you have, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and there's so many, so many brave women on there, and oh, you just admire admire the women on there, the strength and determination they have to keep finding answers for their healing. Um, yep. And just you know, put the focus back on you and take the focus off the narc. Um, he is yes. what he is. You know, you know, it's not, it's not our responsibility, nor is it our business to change that. And try, you know, getting yourself into balance and realigning with yourself and creating a new belief system is, it's a really good learning process, and it's in the end it becomes very enjoyable. So, you know, all all the information's there. It's just you need to put put it into practice and use it. And either times when, I mean, I know there were times where I was just like, oh, I just don't want to do this today. When your new belief system starts taking over the negative one, it really starts just like ticking in and you feel, you're like, yeah, I know you don't want to feel like, you don't feel like doing this, but you're going to do it because you know that it's going to help you. And that's what mm-hmm. I've found from two years ago till now, that new belief system really just does take over because you've reprogrammed yourself. Yeah. Brilliant. I think you've summed it up really, really well. So, Liz, thank you. You have a gorgeous Christmas. I'm so glad you're not going to be in the bed crying this year. I'm really pleased that you're <laughs> going to be enjoying and it's going to be lovely and you know, it's just going to be wonderful. So that's awesome. So thank you so much for coming on. And look, it was great because Nancy was, um, because Nancy said, well, I'm going to be away and I don't know if I'm going to be around. And I was going to put on a recorded show. And then you emailed me out of the blue and said, Mel, I'm on holidays. I really want to come on the show. Would you like to have me on? So it was perfect timing, just a gorgeous thing for you to do. So thank you so much for offering that up. No worries, Mel, and and thank you very much for having me and have a lovely Christmas also. (laughs) Yeah, all right, darling. Well, thank you, thank you. Well, everybody out there, you know, I really hope that you do have a good Christmas and a really safe and happy New Year and, you know, really, really feel into what you've listened to today and know you don't have to white-knuckle it horrifically. You don't have to do it through all throughout your head. You don't have to be in years and decade of pain or maybe not even recovering. There is a joyous, incredible reality to claim. This is why this is going on. 
and you can claim it. You really, really, really can. So I hope that Lisa's story has really inspired you. And that's it for me. You're not going to be hearing from me for a couple of weeks. There'll be a couple of repeat shows on. And then I'll be back in the new year, in 2012, and we can kick it all off again. So that's that for me. Lots of love, everybody. Bye-bye.